मॉर्निंग एवरीवन वाओ फुल हाउस सो दोज ऑफ यू डिड नॉट गेट इट दैट्स बिकॉज यू ऑल वर हॉलीडेइंग ऑन डिसम्बर ट्वेंटी फोर्थ एंड यू आर नॉट हियर so this is the inside joke for only us december 24thers yeah <laughs> we held the fort that day uh, one third the crowd maybe yeah okay glad to be here this morning and uh, this morning we are continuing our series on efficiency <clears throat> okay so uh, so far we are uh, looking at uh, almost closing out the series can anyone say how many we have done so far in efficiency how many sermons so far that's only eight lines there <laughs> that's my summary so, yeah 17 around 17 and about uh, four more to go yeah doesn't seem like it right but it's going fast yeah yeah so um, so far we have uh, looked at the first uh, three chapters which was uh, a f- more of a foundation who are we in christ who are we um, and what what uh, what god requires out of us so it was a lot of practical instructions in the first three chapters and then when we moved to chapter 4 it's now how to walk as a christian how do we live our life in society in church in family as ourselves so there was a lot of um, uh, sermons which were the last five sermons five to six sermons were on what is our walk so we saw Uh, on how do we walk in love uh, how do we walk in holiness walk in a new way of life being a christian uh, how do we walk in the light how do we walk in the spirit and now we have come to walk uh, in a spirit filled relationships and the first relationship was last week which was between husbands and wives yeah so i hope uh, those of you who did not uh, come last week at least saw the recording those of you who did not please see the recording it's a wonderful a message for those who are married and those who are looking to get married today we are going to look at how do we walk a spirit filled life in our relationships between parents and children okay so um last week what did we learn we learned about how a marriage is a unbreakable union right god has ordained it to be unbreakable wants us to have a longevity in our marriage uh, wives to submit to our own husbands uh, in a god ordained way and uh, that we should submit to a, our uh, husband who is a god ordained leader of that home and husbands we should be that god ordained leader right we should be that uh, inspirational and spiritual leader in the home and uh, just as christ leads the church and sacrifices for the church husband should sacrifice for the wife and the family right so that important godly order one more point which charlie very clearly and beautifully brought out was this does not mean any kind of inferiority or subservience right because god uh, looks at both man and woman equally right an equal honor uh, it was just on uh, an order a godly order right and after establishing this right relationship between the husband and wife the next important rule of engagement is between parents and children okay so when we come well, let's turn to ephesians 6 verse 1 ephesians 6 verse 1 and that's today's passage which says children obey your parents in the lord for this is right for this is right okay nlt says because you belong to the lord because you belong to the lord 
for this is a right thing to do it is a right thing to do okay so let's break this uh, verse which has kind of four phrases in it and look at the first one which is children what is this aspect of children children as you know as we know when we pray for uh, young babies uh, to be dedicated in the church we usually turn to this passage which is psalms 127 and in verse 3 it says children are a gift from the lord and they are a reward from the lord right and that's in niv in esv it says they are a heritage from the lord heritage from god so god provides children as a reward and these children are not a reward given to anyone based on their merit it's not based on man's merit but it is a gift of grace every child is a gift of grace to that family be it a biological child or adopted child every child is a gift of grace and god wants us to acknowledge that this child is his and this child has been given to us for a season for us to take care of this child this child has to be taken care of as a shepherd takes care of its sheep or as a steward we have we have been given the, this child to take care of and we should understand that god has given us this child and jacob also says it we you know when esau confronts him and asks him who are all these people with you who are these women and children he says boldly he says that these are the children that god has graciously given unto me god has graciously given you know he acknowledges that it is god's children so we have to keep that in mind that our children are from the lord and if when we have that perspective i think it will change the way we take care of our children as well the second phrase we will move on to is obedience we'll come back to the middle phrases obedience to obey what does it mean it means to heed a command or to conform to an authority and always obedience has to be immediate it cannot be delayed right it cannot be partial it has to be complete it cannot partially obey that's not obedience it has to be done willingly not reluctantly also it has to be done joyfully no not angrily then that's not obedience right we'll see see more aspects of this as we come so children you know doesn't matter if you are a small child um, teen young adult even we are children to our parents you know my mom is here in the audience so you know i have to i have to be very careful on what i say i guess yeah <laughs> yeah so we all are are our children and we all are gifts given to our parents right and we all are a heritage we all are a reward so when we keep that in mind we should understand that we should be accounted as a blessing i hope as a child we are a blessing to our children to our, to our parents i hope we are a blessing to our parents if you have any doubt maybe that's something you need to work on yeah i hope we are not a burden i hope we are not a headache to our parents if we have the doubt maybe something to introspect on and for us to understand and you know um really work on that parents you know we too need help sometimes right to bring up our children so if you think you need help you know reach out and get help because children are teachable children are definitely teachable especially at a young age so if you think a child is unruly you know being misbehaving you know maybe there is something you can do better yeah? so reach out and get some help okay what's the next phrase we well, let's look at in all things that is 
Ephesians 6, 1, the, the third part says, For this is right. For this is right. A parallel verse to that, again written by Apostle Paul to the Colossian church in Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things. For this will, this is well-pleasing in the Lord. So you see those two phrases comes together, which is obey in all things so that it will be well-pleasing with the Lord. So in all things. okay. So children, we are from God. You know, we have been given to our parents. And for this period of time, our parents are shepherding us. Our parents are taking care of us and we are their prized possession. So we need to obey our parents in all things because God has placed them as an authority over us. Right? Parents, parents are called to shepherd the children. You know, we have to ensure that the children obey us because that obedience is directed by God on us. We are called to have our children obey us because that is the authority God has given us. It is an authority which comes from God. We are an agent of God, right? We are, we are, we are acting on His behalf. So when we act on uh, behalf of God, this is in the interest of the life of that child. So we are shepherds of the child. We are taking care of the child as a shepherd takes care of its sheep. So we must shape the lives of our child not as we see it fit, not as the world sees it fit. But it should be on God's standards. It should be on the standards which are there in the word of God. So our instructions, our care, our nurturing, our disciplining, our correction, our words of wisdom, all of this has to be done as God would instruct them. We are standing in place of God and hence what we should use is the word of God to instruct them. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 2 it says, Fear the Lord your God, keep all his statutes and all his commandments. It's very clear that this is also a passage we read when we dedicate a child, right? This The, the word of God has enough and more which will help us bring up a child in godly values. So God wants us to look at the word of God and, and in Deuteronomy 6, 6, it goes on to 6, 7, it goes on to say, you should teach all of this diligently to your children. Diligently. It diligently means putting all effort. Means do your part also. Do your homework before you go and teach your child. So we have to be diligent in taking care of our children. Now, we've seen three phrases. The last phrase is one of the most important phrases in that verse and which says, in the Lord, in the Lord. You know, we can do all of these things, but if we miss that part in the Lord, then we may take it completely out of context or incorrectly. What does in the Lord mean? There are two aspects to it. The first aspect is as unto the Lord. You know, we already spoke spoke this, right? We are standing on behalf of the Lord. And also, we are obeying the Lord himself when we take care of the children in a God-honoring way. Also, in the Lord means, parents, if we are asking our children to do things which are not in the Lord's will or not part of God's word, well, which is ungodly, then please let us check ourselves. Right? It has to be, whatever we ask of our kids, it has to be something which is correct and which is godly. Okay? So, children, you know, if parents tell you to do something which is sinful, which is to lie, to cheat, or to do something which is unlawful, wrong, or hurtful, even emotionally or physically, this is where we should draw the line. 
right this is where we should draw the line because there is this is where the child can choose not to submit to the parent right so we as parents who given god given authority should not misuse it it has to be everything which is in the word of god which is in line with the spirit of being a christian so this is not the kind of authority which god wants a parent to have to misuse the authority right so god does not want us to obey and listen to our parents if it goes against the word of god if it goes against the word of god so children uh, you know if parents asking you to do something which is ungodly or wrong you know approach one of the aunties here or your sunday school uh, teacher and let them know about it right so we can talk about it with your parents okay okay so obey because the lord commands it obedience in all things agreeable with his will obedience has to be in everything agreeable with his will okay adult children obviously we always get this doubt oh, okay i have this doubt where do we draw the line on obeying our parents once we are married right okay th- you know it's a no brainer it's not very difficult let me try and break it down for you uh, you know we can talk further again afterwards as well okay adult children especially married folks right i'm sure you heard last week from the message what it means to leave and cleave you know what uh, what it means to once you are married to emotionally leave your parents and cleave to your spouse and be with uh, your spouse completely and this is the best thing you can do for your marriage it's a dramatic and immediate change right on that day on that wedding day you leave your parents and you cleave to your spouse your your wife right or to your husband as it would be now prioritizing one's needs you shifts right you shift to prioritize to the needs of your spouse this means that you take limited advice from your parents you can take advice from your parents no one saying not to take advice from your parents right please don't do it hiding away from your spouse okay let your now spouse know about it you know keep them informed that's okay you can discuss about it right you know it could be they could be giving you advice on finance or uh, where to buy a home where to settle down kids whatever it is right uh, but you can listen to them but somewhere you can tell them that you know you want to draw the line and that it is between me and my spouse and we will decide and take things forward if you openly tell them this lovingly using the word of god and say remember that uncle told me during my wedding i am just following that you know blame the uncle right no problem right pass the blame because this verse is definitely going to come out in in every wedding uh, sermon right it it better right so use that use the word of god and lovingly tell them but but if your parent no matter how old you are no matter how old they are is coming and telling you something to correct a sin in your life they are well within their rights to tell you that doesn't matter how old you are if your parent is able to see through something and sees that you are in some kind of sin and you need a correction this is where you have to obey them because again it goes back to that verse what does it say it says that children obey your parents in the lord in the lord for its right so they are using scripture to correct you right this is not logistics where to build a house where to go which job to take all that is trivial but if they are correcting you on some sin if they are saying look i don't like the way you are treating your wife shut up and listen because they have seen much seen much more than what you have right listen to them 
take good advice from your parents this is not a hard and fast rule for you to throw this rule at them every time no 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 leaving and cleaving i will not listen to you that is wrong you have to honor your parents right up until your last day and that includes obeying them in matters where they are correcting you on sin right and we will see a few verses on that which will kind of help us understand this also okay let's go to the next verse which is honor that's in ephesians 6 2 to 3 okay obedience is in vain without honor there is no point enough in us obeying on the face of it without honoring our parents okay obedience stems from the sixth commandment given to the children of israel okay is it the sixth commandment oh you guys failed it's the fifth commandment okay fifth commandment okay the fifth commandment says honor your father and mother okay and imagine the first four, four commandments is talking about what is our relationship with god and then the first commandment which shifts to our relationship with each other the very first commandment is to honor your father and mother that is how important god has placed this commandment you know why because that is one commandment which holds society together society is based on this commandment of families christian families and you know this 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 uh, design of how society is of based on families is god ordained it's not it's not something which has come out uh, because of culture it is a god ordained society right and that is a society where in that design if we see husbands leading their wives sacrificially if we see wives submitting to their husband sacrificially if we see both husband and wife loving and caring each other sacrificing for each other and sacrificing for their children and if the children are able to see that children should see that what will happen when those children grow up they will emulate those same values and you will have families which are knit together not broken not problematic and that is a perfect society and this is what god wanted god wanted families to be united closely knit and in that element children are also a very very important part a very very important part so anything apart from this god ordained design is going to create chaos in a society is going to cause problems in a society if you look at the west now supposed christian countries why is it degrading why are the values degrading why are those countries struggling in problems and sin it is because if you go to the root cause it is the root cause of the family broken families or even families where the father does not want to take any responsibility he is laid back and he just lets everything done by the wife the wife or the mother has to do all the correction so the children are not seeing the god ordained leader in the home performing his duties or we have maybe mothers who are want want to mollycoddle their kids want to take you know allow their kids to do whatever they want with absolute no correction and i i'm seeing this even in 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 my office you know you know kids they just they you know she's a kid you know they they bring their kids to to uh, to to the office and it's chaos <laughs> Uh, it's very difficult to control these kids because the mothers just let them do whatever they want you know and beyond a point of time it it just becomes difficult to handle and then once 
that rebellion has already set in over the years it's impossible to correct it it is impossible to correct it okay so let's look let's look at uh, one more point i want to bring out in this beautiful verse is you know uh, in the earlier passage we saw there was an order and uh, on submission between husbands and wives but now if you see in this the mother and father are equal objects of honor equal objects of honor the mother and father are also equal objects of obedience you know if anyone's telling you no your father is telling it so you have to listen to it mother it's okay that's wrong right they have equal responsibility in bringing up their child be it in honor or in obedience right and in especially in Indi- indian context it's always taken afar where it's you know okay since a father is saying it it, it really holds value but not if the mother does right that's incorrect because in in these verses it's very clear that honor and obedience is equally due unto both the father and the mother okay okay let's uh, look at uh, just that verse uh, which just reconfirms from both exodus and deuteronomy it says honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the lord your god is giving you okay okay so what does this mean what is honor okay children let me talk to you first on honor what is honor why honor right honor is to treat or to regard your parents with admiration and respect right to give a special recognition to the parents to their words their desires what their objectives are you know parents have some desires and objectives for the children they have certain uh, things that they want to inculcate in them in their family and for each child you know if if you're confused on that go and talk to your parents you know why do you why do you keep pushing me on these aspects talk to them help them understand their motives help them understand why the parents are driven towards this you know when a child says don't run on the street don't run on the street it's for the child's good the parent doesn't gain anything out of it parent does all of these instructions are guardrails being given to the children so that when they grow up they know how life will be right so these are values being taught to children so ch- children can understand that there's a reason for it there's no selfish motive behind it the only motive is your own well-being your own well-being right so also this is a command with a promise which we will look at in a while okay let's let's talk to uh, um talk about two aspects i'm just going to talk about two aspects of honor which are, i feel uh, i felt were the most critical and it, and both came in the same passage as well honoring parents in conversations right in conversations so you know um christ was as usual cornered by the pharisees and he said you know uh, you know your your disciples are not washing their hands there's no ceremonial washing before eating what's what's happening and you know christ again you know when he gets triggered when these pharisees come and he 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 knows how to give it back with scripture right and that's what he does here he gives scripture right in matthew 15 verse 4 uh, he says for god commanded saying honor your father and mother and he who curses his father and mother let him be put to death he adds on so uh, christ is here reconfirming the re- reconfirming that commandment and he is also adding one more part to it which is you know if anyone in the nlt it says if anyone speaks disrespectfully to your mother and father again both are put there both mother and father you must be put to death 
right and he is reconfirming that when we speak to our parents we should have respect we should show respect proverbs 23 22 says listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old do not despise your mother do not disregard the words of your father that's what it means do not disregard the words of your father okay so the second portion uh, in that same passage in matthew 15 5 and 6 it goes on to add more context to what he is trying to drive at so then he says in 5 and 6 who says to his father or mother what whatever profit you might have received from me so i've received some profit but i cannot give it to you because it's for the lord i've got some profit from whatever I, work i do i cannot give it to you i'm going to give it to the lord okay and this is what the pharisees wanted they wanted money to come into the synagogue or into the system right but what does christ go on to say he says then he need not honor his father and mother thus you have made the commandment of god no effect so far he pharisees tried to question him he said hey look you are talking about tradition for you tradition is more important than the commandments of god first you get your get your congregation right on how they should honor their parents the way they speak and also that they should give physical help to their aging parents right so honoring god means being there for your parents being there for them financially to support them physical help you know i, I don't want to ask the, ask the kids here how many of them help out at home i don't know how many hands will come up right i hope children here are helping out at home i hope children here are helping out at home i hope we who have aging parents are helping our parents in every step of the way are we there for them are we visiting them often do we give them access to our grandchildren to their grandchildren i've seen cases where grandparents are crying because they have not seen their grandchildren for years they've missed the entire growth of their grandchildren and this hurts them does that bring honor to your parents is it more important to go to a foreign country for extended time and not give access to the grandparents to the grandchildren these are all small things but it hurts the heart of our parents so these are things we can we can think about you know how to honor our parents by words and in action okay so let's go to the parents for a moment parents you know uh, we too have this command you know while this is focused this this command is given to the children we have to make sure our children honor us right so we have to also enforce this. we have to make sure that the children honor us in every way because the authority given to us is from the lord so if we do not make sure that they honor us there are there are going to be consequences for this okay when when we see in today's day and age if you go to any workplace and you see folks in their 20s there's a big shift now where they don't respect authority they don't have a respect for authority they don't respect uh, those who are uh, above them uh the way they speak is very new age now you can call it cultural uh but is it really cultural or does it reflect on how they were brought up because slowly over the years parents are like it's okay leave it now we were brought up brought up more tough 
right? I'm sure I, I don't know where the line is drawn, but we were brought up more tough, right? To respect and honor. But when that is not taught at home, and when a child is not seeing how to respect and deal with authority, they don't know how to do that in the real world. Once they go into the real world, be it with their professors or be it with their colleagues, you know, you are supposed to even respect and honor your colleagues. Okay, I'm not talking only about seniors, right? There are some who do not know how to be in a team. They are so rebellious and so uh, narcissistical in their approach. and it's sad right because and it goes back to the upbringing you know even when you when you look at uh, any any study cases of you know those who are extremely rebellious or defiant unruly you know who are very narcissistic if they if you look into it and dwell into it in the past they are, they stem from some homes where there was no strong father figure or the mother was not interested or disconnected or some form of dysfunction in the family so you know i want to urge all of us let's not treat our children like you know like the small delicate flower you know that should not be shouted at should not be corrected uh, oh she is small she will learn uh, by time you say that they are 10 12 13 and the time is gone before you can do any form of correction right so please start young and correct them lovingly okay uh, we'll go to the next verse Yeah, I'll just read a couple of verses, maybe to help us understand this. That you know, <clears throat> foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, and the rod of correction will drive it far from him. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. Now, this foolishness is not talking about childlikeness. It's not about being childish. You know, dropping things or you know, just just playing around like a child. but this foolishness is more about the the silliness of being rebellious you know small small rebellious things small small things which where you know it is sinful yet you don't want to attend to it that is what you need to work on when you see those things with where the root is a sin that is something a parent needs to work on okay okay let's go to the next verse and that is in 6 verse 3 remember we said this is a commandment with a promise so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth so obeying your parents who are agents of god means obeying and honoring god himself god himself this is the promise of god's blessing and it's a promise of god for a good life now don't get apostle paul wrong he is not saying that this is a guarantee he is saying obviously there are exceptions where many um you know good people who are god uh, a parent honoring will die earlier yes obviously that will happen but largely speaking where there is obedience to parents and good upbringing it is usually found that those folks have good temperament less anxiety less anger issues generally and largely speaking okay they have they understand the regular ways of life they are okay to face pushbacks from society they okay to face obstacles because they've grown up seeing that they've grown up being corrected they've grown up being taught they've grown up being getting instruction from their parents so instruction is very important in christian families there is another common effect which is there is unity there is prayer mutual helpfulness reliance on god right and an eternal hope so all this definitely makes life sweeter and easier i'm sure all of you will agree being 
uh, one who has an eternal hope has less anxiety and knows uh, how to lead a life in this difficult world right you don't you don't get as stressed out i hope you don't get as stressed out as your colleagues who do not know christ and who are without hope right so when we are brought up in the training of the lord our children will definitely be more resilient and be better in society right that's that's uh, that's what the word of god is telling us okay okay let's go on to the next verse so um, you know when when i was young uh, my fa- my father used to correct me a lot and uh, this is the you know you'll say bring your bible i know i know which chapter to turn to and i turned to ephesians 6 read 1 2 and 3 and you know when i when i read 1 2 and 3 as it went along I, i knew it also by heart so maybe i i don't know it by heart now i'm, I'm old but when i used to take it um, you know i i this is how i used to read it that it may be well with you and may and you may live long on the earth and i would act as if i'm ending and then say and then i would say and you fathers do not provoke your children and uh, i think i got two three extra because of that but it felt good it felt good i was a kid who used to irritate my parents so yeah Ethan and Jaren don't repeat that but that's only for the rest of them okay yeah so uh the next verse is uh you know speaking to fathers fathers do not provoke your children to wrath okay now again in the light of this passage this is not only for fathers this is for mothers also so mothers and fathers do not provoke your children to wrath you know uh in the in the in the earlier days uh, when this was written fathers had a very high and um, uh, special high command in the family right they would uh, rule over the house uh, with complete authority and uh, and do- dominance not just over the children over the wife as well yeah uh, you know so that's why it kind of talks about the father but you know come to think of it i think that was the case even on 2000 for the last 2000 2010 years Uh, i hope this has changed in the last 10 15 years i i am seeing some change uh, in our circles uh, you know not being fathers not being dominating and aggressive but you know being more christ like in their approach right i think uh, teaching has helped and i hope all of this helps us to be more uh, christ like in bringing up our children so how do we do that you know parents you know provide a loving environment Uh, be reasonable you know th- we have to be reasonable when we when we treat uh, treat uh, and take care of our children we cannot have harsh discipline we have to have appropriate uh, discipline in every situation right and you can't discipline in anger we have to admit when we are wrong ask for forgiveness when we are wrong you know that never was the case maybe 20 30 years back but let's do that it's okay you know we make mistakes apologize to your to your children if you make a mistake if you corrected them incorrectly if you discipline them incorrectly when you understood the full situation you realized it was your mistake so you know it's okay to to apologize stop finding fault with everything that they do you know let's not irritate them and find fault with anything and everything they do let's not be overtly permissive you no know, don't allow everything also don't be overtly legalistic don't stop everything also right there should be moderation in everything that is done do do we call them names in anger no do we call our kids names in anger let's let's not do that you know we have to bring them up in discipline and when we bring them up in discipline we also should have some discipline the way we do it and not bark at them yeah we should have some discipline in how we 
bring them up okay so let's not dominate or be overtly aggressive let's not irritate our children and uh, you know no matter how old they are you know, you, you know i think uh, some parents find it so cute to irritate toddlers oh so cute do you don't do that you want to do that get a dog don't know do not irritate your children that, that kid is registering all of this he's like just wait for me to grow bigger i'll show you rebellion yeah so no matter how how small please don't irritate your children okay but one of the, my the favorite wo- uh, words in the bible for me is the word but because that transforms from always the you know in the in the greek it's like from one end of the spectrum you to go to the other end of the spectrum that's how it is usually so right from stop irritating them what's the best way to do it but bring them up in the training and admonition of the lord such a simple sentence okay it's a very simple sentence it asks parents to bring up children in instruction and in love instruction and love nurture is a word uh, used in some of your some of your translations the word signify treatment a loving treatment due unto the child practical training um teaching by uh, disciplining admonition is putting children in mind putting children in mind by word of instruction again it goes back to instruction okay so just as god takes care of us through his his instruction word of god disciplines us all in love same way we have to use instruction and discipline with our children right so what is our goal what should be the goal when we take care of our children the goal should not be to change the behavior because it's that's not the problem the problem is not what they are showing what behavior they are showing the problem is the root cause which is the sin element so we have to go back to the root cause what is the basic issues so the behavior should not be the focus but it should be to address the heart issue the heart has to be addressed the sin issue has to be addressed and 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 you'll also know that you can address most of those sins from the word of god and you can teach them because this is god's word and they they are god's children we have to use the word to teach them please don't think that a child is 2 3 years old they won't understand it they will understand it you have to use scripture break it down for them and help them understand and you know in in um, in you know we have to we have to really understand that if we don't change the heart issue and only the behaviors you're only changing the way they will react but internally that continues the sin will continue and uh, we see that in matthew 15:8 which says these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far away from me hearts are far away from me you know we we all know how to easily scam the system right and our kids can also do it so let's try to attend to the heart issue yeah so how do we shape the heart how do we what are the possible influences to shape the heart what what can we work on so the structure at the home should be healthy you know the home structure should be healthy because the children are watching all of this okay it has to be a healthy environment where it is constructive and the the base should be stability and security it should not be you know chaos and instability and you know the child doesn't know today is uh, dad going to unleash himself and get angry at everyone for no reason or is today going to be a quiet day every day should be a quiet and peaceful day you know that's how we should create stability for that child 
the quality of the relationships in the home should reflect the grace of god should reflect forgiveness for one another forgiveness for 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 wrong doings forgiveness for sin it should show mercy it should not be you know full of wrath and anger so when when the child is seeing all this it will help shape their heart and discipline should be appropriate and reflect god's view which is his view of sin you know help them understand that sin is wrong that's how what we should drive at not our values it's not about our, what we want it's more what god wants for them so our children should also develop a god godward orientation all the responses they see from us should be godward for example if you see something goodness in your life or mercy in your life you should not be surprised oh wow how did that happen rather it should be you know praise god you know it should show belief it shouldn't show unbelief when something good happens you should you should praise god for it and and the children will see that you know they should you know grow to love and trust this living god they should see that we our lives are built on the trust we have on our lord jesus christ and when they see that they will also have that trust in the lord jesus christ in his time so let's not turn to any idolatry or self reliance let's show them that we are reliant on god right and that god is the one who supplies all our needs and everything that we need okay what is uh, what do we look at let's just look at instruction discipline quickly okay uh, god has given us a duty to primarily primarily is instruction training and nurturing that is the first thing please don't run to the rod first it is instruction okay instruction i've got whacked so many times 90% of the time i did not give know why i got whacked only so so let's let let that not be the reason please use instruction right please use instruction to to go to your kid i'm just kidding okay please don't take these statistics for real <laughs> not my mom my, my dad was uh, my my mom used instruction <laughs> okay uh proverbs 22:6 <clears throat> train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it deuteronomy 6:6 says i am commanding you today all these things and you shall teach it diligently to your children Deuteronomy 4:9 says you will never forget what you yourself has seen so whatever you have seen the goodness of god do not forget these things impart it or pass it on to your children and grandchildren so if you see all these verses it's about instruction instructing the kids from the word of god and also from your lives what you have experienced the goodness of god in your life instruct it to your children parents are required to obey and instruct and train because god has asked us to do this okay god has asked us to instruct and train so children cannot be decision makers we should be the ones to teach them what god has in store for them so do not be scared to discipline your child you have to discipline your child right in proverbs 13:24 says whoever spares the rod hates the child if you spare the rod you hate the child that's what the word of god says but the one who loves children is careful to discipline him so it's done carefully and lovingly proverbs 19:18 says discipline your children in that there is hope you're disciplining them because there is hope in them 
do not be willing party to their death do not be a willing party to their the other version say destruction to their destruction or the ruin of their lives imagine when we hold back correction and the rod we are allowing our children to go into destruction and ruin so we have this time to take care of them and let's take care of them diligently so there are two elements uh, here which have to be weaved together and it is a mix of both rod and discipline and communication so it starts with rich communication it has to be rich communication it cannot be the rod first so these two methods go hand in hand this prohibits any cold or tyrannical approach to dis- to disciplining and it provides context you know the children need context to understand what is happening provide that honest communication and the ch- child will know and learn where they need to change their heart okay and uh, we'll also learn how to do it slowly so we have to be sensitive in this and once that is done you know we can speak to them more uh, pray with them and you know give them a hug or, you know tap on the shoulder or whatever right and let them know that in spite of all this they are loved right uh, i won't get into this but uh, uh, there is this uh, method called the spoon method wooden spoon method right you can go look it up parents go parents go look it up young 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 parents uh, <clears throat> look it up where it talks about you know going and talking to them in a certain place giving them a small pat then again talking to them praying with them and then allowing them to go and play and say okay now go and play you know not saying okay now go sit in a corner that's like double punishment right so so choose one of the two so you can go and look it up uh, you know in in our house earlier when when my boys were sm- uh, small when little or me used to just open one particular drawer we open it with a certain sound both will scatter into two rooms because they know what's coming <laughs> okay so i don't know if they, but the same wooden spoon little i don't know if they took our idea but yeah okay and this uh, instruction if you you know I, there's no time I'll, there are a few more verses i won't get into it but you know solomon tells his son rehoboam when he is old he is giving him instruction in proverbs 6:23 and 24 we won't get into it because of lack of time so this instruction can continue and is there in the word of god where elderly parents tell full grown up men instruction listen to it especially like i mentioned earlier if it is a matter of sin so um yeah <clears throat> so disciplining is uh, has to be done with humility and not hang- anger okay it has to be uh, where they don't fear man but they have to fear god so let it not come to a point where the children fear us but they fear god so in james 119 says so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak and slow to wrath but the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of god right so no point of us pouring out anger on our kids it will not yield any results so disciplining should be done corrective correct as a corrective action not punitive it's not punishment it's with the aim to correct okay and to put them back on a path of obedience and uh, to ensure that their sinful behavior is stopped yeah okay and uh just few more verses and uh, that's that's about it and here it says about how discipline is a expression of love discipline is an expression of love both 
the father's love and the parents love in proverbs 3:12 says god corrects those he loves god corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child whom he delights proverbs 13:24 says who spares the rod hates the child i'm quoting the same verse again but it's very important for us to understand this in revelation 3:19 it says those whom i love i rebuke now we think rebuke is is showing anger or rebuke is showing hatred it is not you know our father rebukes us because he loves us and even the earthly fathers and mothers rebuke because we have we love our children so we have to be earnest in whatever we do in this regard in the last verse uh, is uh, hebrews 12 uh, 5 to 12 that passage and uh, you know before i get get to that uh, you know there's this uh, story of Ado- adonija you know the king adonija right now, who, whose son is he david's son yeah king david's son okay one of the many sons okay so you know he was a very handsome man and uh, he had a flair for showmanship uh he was uh, not the chosen successor right because solomon was the chosen successor but what did adonijah do he like his brother absalom absalom also tried to take the throne he gathered an army and he wanted to make himself king and he went to a region and he started proclaiming to people i'm the king i'm the king you know and when he's feasting somewhere on the other side news went to solomon and bathsheba and all, all of you know the story but this was benefit of those who don't and they went ahead and did the official coronation or official confirmation right because they went and clarified with david as david is is alive and when they did that adonijah hears this and like wait wait what's happening in in gihon why why are they blowing trumpets and then someone comes and gives the news that you know it's official it's not you it's it's solomon and all his people scatter and run and uh, when that happens he knows he's done because any time you know in those days you don't even need to show any interest for the throne once a son becomes a king if he even has a little bit of insecurity he will kill all his brothers that way nobody questions my throne but here this guy actually is defying the father's orders and wants to become king so he goes behind before solomon kneels down and as he kneels down the middle one is him kneeling down before solomon he begs for forgiveness and says you know i will i will be a good boy solomon says if evil is found in him he will die and that's in verse 52 of first kings uh, 1 adonijah is allowed to live he is spared he is given a second chance okay then david passes away solomon become begins his rule and adonijah approach bathsheba this time and he says hey you know what can i marry abi abishag i'm very bad at pronouncing names even indian names so sorry and abishag is the last wife of his father david he wants to marry his father's wife and you know what why that is if he does that he can then lay claim to the throne he got a second chance and he goes ahead and defies it again in another illegal bid to the throne and what happens this is the last straw solomon orders adonijah to be seized and killed and he is killed and you know we think that this you know we think the, that uh, okay you know, he's just a bad apple right 
But if you look at it, what did Amnon do? Right? He raped Tamar. What did Absalom do? Absalom also went for the throne. And when he when before he did that, he plotted against Amnon. He showed anger for two years, plotted, called him for a feast and kills him at a feast. And that's the feast on the right there where Amnon is killed. And the left is Absalom who gets stuck on a tree when he was running away and he gets killed, executed by Joab, David's commander. It's not one bad apple, multiple bad apples. And you know, even Tamar, she was never approached by David and consoled. Justice should have been given for Tamar by David. He did not do that. Now, the only one verse I want to turn to you and I want all of us as parents to understand is this is because David failed as a parent. This is because David failed as a It's not one bad apple. He was a bad parent. And it's clear from this one verse which is there it says, his father David never rebuked him by asking him, why do you behave like this? Why do you do what you do? <clears throat> in, uh, in another version, it says, King David says, King David never disciplined him at any time, or even by asking him, why are you doing that? Never even asked him. Right? So let's not be like David the father. Right? Let's let's understand that our children are important and we need to shape their hearts for the future. So, a simple conclusion. Children, we owe our parents love, respect, helpfulness, obedience and honor. Parents, we owe our children love, respect, helpfulness, correction and nurturing. Now, today I hope, you know, this week we don't have uh, cell groups, but... Uh, I hope at your at your homes, each of you go through this. You no, know? I'll I'll send the PPT out early. You know, you you go through it and as families talk to your children about it. Talk to husband and wives. Talk to each other. You know, how can we be, be better parents? Children, how can you be better children to your parents? This is very important for godly families. And you know, Charles Spurgeon. This is I'll leave this quote with you and we'll close with prayer. Charles Spurgeon says, I cannot tell you how much I owe to the solemn word of my good mother. And I can testify about that, about my own mother as well. And she constantly corrects me, even now, you know, when I do something wrong. When, when she sees something which is incorrect in me, she corrects me. So, grown adults, honor your parents. Listen to them. Yeah? They will give you good advice and let it be from the Lord. I'm sure you have the discernment to understand which is from the Lord and which is not. Shall we close in prayer? <clears throat> A gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you Lord for this morning time where we could come before your presence to praise you, worship you, give thanks for the cross, give thanks for the table, give thanks for even though how worthless we are, how you have purchased us by your our precious blood. We thank you, Lord, that we are your children. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us the perfect example, O Lord, of how uh, the Father God sacrifices for his children. And we pray, O Lord, that we as parents will also take care of our children in a God-honoring way. 
bringing them up in the um, in the fear of the Lord, using the Word of God, uh, using correction effectively. We pray a lot that we'll do that uh, lovingly because we want them uh, to be uh, God honoring adults when they grow up. Lord, we pray a lot that you'll equip us to be better parents, each one of us here. Uh, we pray a lot for the children of this church also that all the children will grow up a lot to be uh, wonderful men and women of God. So we commit our entire church and uh, we ask for all of this, Lord, in and through name for Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.